Hey everybody, this is So Heidi, and you're listening to the Successful Fashion Designer Podcast. We all know that the fashion industry is brutally competitive and it takes loads of hard work to get ahead. The problem is that everyone's secretive and tight lipped about their ways. After working as a designer and educator for over a decade, I wanted to help break down those barriers and bring you valuable knowledge from industry experts, and this show is exactly where you'll find that. Whether you're trying to break into the fashion world, make yourself more marketable, launch your own label, or become a successful freelancer, we'll help you get ahead in the cutthroat fashion industry. This is episode 18 of the Successful Fashion Designer Podcast, and today I'm chatting with Dior, founder of Pepper Your Talk, a community for entry-level fashion creatives. Dior started Pepper Your Talk after realizing there was little to no support available for designers to work their way up from an entry-level job, and in today's interviews, she shares tips on how to do that. Dior explains how to tailor your resume even if you have no experience, how to write cover letters that get noticed, and why it's okay to be nervous during interviews. So everything you can prepare for, prepare for, but realize that again, they don't expect you to be perfect and they know that you're going to be nervous and they know that your answers aren't going to be perfect, but they just want to see glimmers of light, little flickers of hope and little indicators, you know, that that show them that, okay, this is, this potentially could be the right person. Before we jump into the interview, I have a quick favor to ask. If you enjoyed this episode, you can help me get bigger name guests on the show by leaving a rating on iTunes. With more ratings and reviews, it gives the show leverage to convince higher guests to do interviews, which brings you even more valuable content. It only takes 60 seconds, and I'd really appreciate it. Visit sfdnetwork.com slash review to leave your rating, and thanks for your support and help. To access the show notes for today's episode, visit sfdnetwork.com slash 18. Now, on to the interview with Dior. Well, welcome to the Successful Fashion Designer Podcast, Dior. Uh, why don't you start by introducing yourself um, and telling everybody a little bit about what you do with your business in the fashion industry? Okay, so hi, everybody. I'm Dior. I'm from London, which you'll be able to tell by my accent. <laughs> um, <laughs> I used to work for Burberry in the head office straight after university, and then I realized that there was no support for young professionals like myself. So I left after two and a half years and started Pepe Your Talk, um, which is a network for, well, it's a platform for young fashion creatives. And I say creatives because um, we have a lot of people visiting our site who've never studied fashion but have an interest in it. And then I've just launched the Junior Network, which is a members club for fashion professionals, which is specifically for young professionals working in fashion. Yeah, and I love um, how specific that is because if I'm not mistaken, that uh, network is specifically for people who have less than four years experience. Is that correct? Yes, yes, absolutely. So you have to be literally right at the beginning of your career because what I found is that there's there's a bit of support for everyone else but not for like the entry-level professionals who are kind of ignored in the industry. So I thought, ah, I'll do that. I'll support them. Yeah. So when you first got your job at Burberry, which congratulations on that, that's a huge opportunity to get right out Thanks. of school. Yeah. yeah. But what were some of the, the, the challenges that you were having when you were first getting into that? Or what was it exactly yeah. that you saw other designers lacking um, in terms of support when they're first getting started in their careers that inspired you to launch your business? Yeah, well, straight away, it was kind of just trying to exist within a corporate setting So um, prior to that, I hadn't really done any work experience or internships. So it was like a very big difference to what university was like, where everyone's super young, everyone's um, really has no industry experience to going into this building where you're probably the person with the least experience, the youngest and Mm. yeah, a bit of fish out of water. So for me, it was things like email etiquette. I was pretty bad at emails. Um, I wasn't really, I'm, I'm kind of a confident person in general, but when it came to like the work, the working world, I wasn't really confident. I didn't really voice my opinion or kind of speak up in meetings. I saw so many amazing women around the building who had climbed the ladder in the most tremendous way, but I had no idea how I was going to do it. So it was just kind of career development, I guess, and starting with the really basic things like emails and going right up to kind of how to plan your trajectory. 
Yeah. Okay. So I love like how specific that is. It's like how to draft an appropriate email in the workplace because that's not something you learn in college. And so unless for some reason that's just something you have the natural ability to do, which not everybody does, you're like, okay, what's the most appropriate thing to say or how do I word this or Mm -hmm. little etiquette, things like that. It's silly things that people um, who are a bit more experienced than you probably won't even think to help you with Mm -hmm. because it just comes so naturally for them at this point that you're not thinking of, oh, maybe they need a little bit of help with this and this because it's what you've been doing every day for, let's say, five years and it's normal for you. So. Okay, so I'd love to kind of walk through a little journey with you. And let's say, um, you know, because there's a lot of people out there in the audience who will be listening who are yeah. maybe in their last year of university or they've yeah. graduated, but maybe they're still working on landing their first opportunity. So could mm-hmm. we kind of walk that person through, um, you know, what would be some advice you would give them like starting right now to maybe land that first opportunity to get out and network. And then once they get in the foot, their foot in the door, you know, how to impress their team or, or whatever it exactly is that, that you advise some of these um, younger designers, where mm. would you start with someone who was, you know, in university or just recent grad still trying to get started? Yeah. Well, I, well, I'm, first of all, I mainly deal with um, less of the designers and more of like PR, marketing, that type of thing. But it, the same rules basically apply. Okay, perfect. Um, so I think you said yeah. earlier the creatives. Yes. Okay, Anyone so we'll say the fashion creatives. creatives. Okay. Yeah. So I would always say to people, you need to start looking for your opportunities before you even like before you graduate. So it takes on average, they say three months um, to search, find and secure a job in fashion. So before you even finish university, within the last, let's say, six to three months, you need to start looking. You need to make a huge list of the companies you want to work for and then start breaking it down and researching why you want to work for them. Because when people always come to me and they say, oh, do you I want to work forever? You work there. Could you give me some tips? And I always say, okay, cool. Why do you want to work there? First thing everyone says, because it's a luxury brand and I just really want to position myself in a luxury market, <laughs> which is fine, but mm-hmm. tell me why. And then that's where people kind of start tripping up like, uh. so you have to become quite commercially aware and understand what's happening within the luxury market if that's where you're trying to go to. Um, if you're trying to go to the high street, understand what's happening there. Um, specifically, say it's Burberry you want to work for. Who is a CEO? Who are the directors? What department do you want to go in? Try to find out who the team you'll be working with on a daily basis are. Where have they worked previously? What are they going? What do they bring to the team? What will your working environment be like? The so company culture, and these are the things that honestly, when you're a student, you don't think of. So I don't blame anyone that hasn't even kind of <laughs> got this got this plan to a plan of attack. Um, but which is why I love like running Peppy Your Talk so much because giving people that knowledge and they're like, oh my god, okay, I had no idea about this stuff. Um, I always say to people as well, in that the fashion environment, it's kind of hard to bring your full personality to the job. Um, and that is an issue for young people as well. And it's something, again, you don't think about, but I kind of struggled with, wow, this environment's super luxury. It's very corporate. I kind of don't fit in, but I want to. So how do I kind of bring all of Dior as well as trying to fit in, um, fit into what this environment entails? And I always say to people as well that find places that suit you. Like saying you want to work in luxury, is that the environment you're trying to be in every day? Do you fit into that world? Not saying do you wear luxury clothes, it's nothing like that. But will you be able to bring your fullest, happiest, you know, most energized and engaged self in that environment? And if not, maybe start looking down other avenues. Like there's no shame in kind of not quitting a dream, but pivoting and playing, you know, playing it smart. Yeah. So that actually makes me think of a really specific example. I was talking to a designer once who, um, she was actually a textile designer and she got an opportunity at Vera Bradley. I don't know if you're familiar with that brand. No, I don't know. Um, they're, they do a lot of prints on bags and, and like makeup pouches and stuff. Um, perhaps it's more popular here in the U S but it's a very, very, very specific look. 
and it's yeah. a very specific person. And she did not fit that. And she said, you know, I got the job and I was there for like two months. And I, I just realized, you know, the people that work there live and breathe that brand and that's fantastic, yeah. but that wasn't me. And yeah. so if I'm taking away correctly from what you're saying, it's thinking about, you know, this brand as a whole, and is that really a good fit for you and who you are as a person? Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes you just don't know until you get there. Sure. And that's another thing I want people to really not feel ashamed about. If you go into a job and you're like, Do you know what, this really isn't for me. And I really want to hold out until the right opportunity comes. There's no shame in that. You don't have to be somewhere because um, they've given you an opportunity and you don't want to disappoint people because ultimately you'll just end up disappointing yourself, Sure. which is, which is what a lot of young people, um, face as well. Cause in the beginning, I mean, more than likely you may not get your dream job, but you have to, I always say, what is your why? If it's not your dream job, tell me why you're doing it. Are you trying to learn a specific skill? Are you trying to meet a specific person? Is it something about the business you're trying to learn? Otherwise you're just not going to enjoy it. So have a why that's stronger than that the negatives about the job. Mm, that's really great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So stepping back a little bit. So let's say I'm six months out of graduation and I'm going to start looking now because I'm really ambitious. I'm not going to wait till three months. I'm going to start at six. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so I start doing research on all these companies and let's say maybe I make a list of like 20 and you said to yeah. really research, okay, the department and then who works in that mm. department and like what their past experience is and really understand the team. And then what yeah. am I, what am I doing with that? Or, or why am I doing all that really nitty gritty research? Where, where does that benefit me? Well, I feel like you shouldn't, it's not necessary to do that for every single company, but mm. if you have, let's say, five really top favorites where okay. if you've landed a, a job there, it would be your absolute dream, then it's important to go in depth because if you do secure that interview, you do not want to mess up that opportunity. Sure. So you want to go in being the most, ne not necessarily the most qualified, but the best fit for the job because you have the passion for the company. Mm. Um so that's what I would always say to people, research, research, research. Also, when you're an entry-level employee, um, the company's not expecting you to be amazing from day one. They're quite <laughs> clued up on the fact that you are just out of uni and you're not experienced. But they want to see the passion. They want to see initiative. Um, so it's not always about kind of doing, let's say, 15 internships whilst you're at uni so that it looks amazing on your CV. Sometimes it's the horse riding you do on the weekends or sometimes it's the baking that you do with, I don't know, a charity group that really stands out to them because it kind of shows specific skills. So, yeah, get stuck into your research, but also find ways to make your extracurricular activities or your, like, you know, interesting pastimes shine on your CV. That's the next step. Make that CV look really good. I love so much that you said these brands don't have an expectation that you're going to come in and you're going to know everything because I think that's something that anybody can feel at any given time. Oh, yeah. they expect even mid-level jobs, you know, there's always room to grow and there's always things yeah, to learn absolutely. and nobody knows everything. And I think it's hard for anybody um, I think that's a challenge we all have in our own heads. Well, what if I don't know this one little thing or what if they actually yeah. do something I don't know how to do? And like, that's okay. Um, Absolutely. My just, friend gave me really good advice. She said, yeah. when you're leaving a job, um, look at your CV and figure out whether in the next six months you can add two or three more bullet points. Mm. If you can't and you've literally exhausted everything you can learn there, it's time to leave. And similarly, when you're looking for a job, if you can fulfill every single bullet point, you're going to get bored. Mm. There should be two or three that you probably can't do. And that's going to be the challenge. Um, within the job and that's going to keep you really inspired and excited to go to work to learn these new skills and new talents so yeah, yeah you don't have to know everything always push a little bit out of your comfort zone be like i, I can do 80 percent of this but the other 20 percent i'll learn yeah exactly yeah. and people would really 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 i don't know like kind of admire you for being able to say do you know what 80 percent, i'm down for that but that 20 percent is what's going to get me out of bed every morning and work hard so that I can impress you. Yeah. If someone said that to me in an interview, I'd be like, well, you're hired. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of I know how to do 100% of this stuff and there's yeah. no challenge and there's no learning curve and there's no incentive for me to push myself. Exactly. That's yeah. precisely it. Okay. So I researched these companies and, and then I, I, um, you mentioned some things about the CV or your resume. And yeah. so, um, 
you know, you mentioned some stuff about some extracurricular activities and just kind of maybe expressing who you are as a person and some of your interests, even if they're outside of fashion. Um, yeah. So can you go a little bit more into detail into like how you like some tips you would give a, a entry level designer who's starting out like they don't really have any experience. Maybe they have one or two internships, perhaps mm-hmm. nothing. If I'm not mistaken, you said earlier you landed your Burberry job and you did not have an internship prior to that. Is that no, correct? I didn't. I, I had done like really random things like work at fashion week for two days but like that doesn't really qualify because what can you really learn in two days you know well you can learn some things but it's a really short little stint yeah exactly it didn't I don't think it like parlayed into what I was doing (laughs) I don't think that's why they hired me for my little two-day experience um but so you have to get really smart with it and another thing that people kind of trip up on is they want their CV to be amazing in one sitting. And oftentimes you have to go over that thing over and over and over again, get someone else to look at it, check if it makes sense. It's not like a quick thing that's done within, you know, one evening at home. Mm -hmm. So set aside some time to work on it and don't worry if it's taking you a long time because it means you care and that's good. It will show. Um, So with, if you have no experience and you want your CV to look good, think about the types of jobs you're applying for. And think about what the top five skills they require of you are. So if it's, I don't know, someone who's a quick thinker, someone who's independent, um, knowledge of computer programs, look at what you've done previously, even if it's things you do in your spare time, and think about how you can demonstrate those skills through those activities. Because skills are always transferable. There's always, you can learn something in one arena and completely like put it in a different space and make it make sense. So think about how... You can pull skills out of the things you do on your weekends or many projects you've worked on for yourself and make those shine. So, for example, um, there was a girl that came to me who wanted to like work in buying, but she's never done anything to do with buying before. So we looked at job descriptions um, for, I think, buying assistants, assistant buyers, and it was so easy. Like they wanted people who were commercially aware, people who had knowledge of trends and industry, mm-hmm. people who were good on Excel with numbers and stuff. So we looked at things she'd done previously, no fashion experience, but we looked at how she'd helped out, I don't know, in her Saturday job and how she um, did stock take and stuff like that and how that makes sense because in buying you work with numbers and with stock take mm-hmm. you work with numbers. So we found ways to just make it look as though she had, not even look as though she had the skills, but kind of she'd got her feet wet a bit in that in those specific areas and then with like commercial awareness and trends and stuff she wrote down specific websites that she reads day in and day out so like business of fashion mm-hmm. um wgsn and all those other trend websites and she it shows that she knows where to get this information and she's actively seeking this information on her own mm-hmm. so it's it's just about being smart with the information you put everyone says lie on your cv and do that type of stuff but actually you don't have to lie if you just find ways to start doing the stuff without having the job yeah just get creative in how you yeah. take tasks that you're already doing whether that be for your own you know self-directed projects or through part-time work or something and how you can relate that to those tasks yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, sometimes we always feel like, oh, I've never done anything relevant. But if you dig deep enough and you actually spend some good time thinking, OK, what do I actually do at work? What does speaking to customers actually entail? It means I'm confident, right? It means I'm, I've got initiative. It means I can initiate sales. How much sales have I driven through the business? How, you know, and even if you put like specific facts and figures, um, it, 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 it shines. Yeah. Yeah. OK, that's really smart. And so then... Um, am I customizing my, my CV for each job? Uh, that's a tough one because that takes some time. I I think if you have multiple interests, then customize your CV. So say you, you perhaps want to do buying, but you also like PR Mm. and mm, maybe you want to do, I don't know, product development. Definitely. You're going to need three different CVs. Okay, sure. Um, but then if you just want to do PR, but you're interested in in-house companies, in-house like PR, but you also want to do small boutique agencies, they may be looking for different skills as well. Mm, okay. So in that sense, I guess, yeah, maybe two CVs. So you have to really break down what what do I want? What are my interests? What, where am I going with this? Um, and customize it in that sense. Okay. And then 
um, are we just kind of sending that resume out and like, how are we framing that in like some type of email or cover letter job application? Like, do you have any tips on sort of introducing yourself and do you say like, listen, I, I don't have any experience in an industry, but I'm looking to break mm-hmm. in and here's the things that I've done that related and I'm really hard worker. How do you kind of recommend kind of pitching yourself in that first introduction? Well, the first thing I always say to people is, because I get this a lot, I review a lot of CVs and people always send them to me as Word documents. <laughs> Never send your CV as a Word document. It's just so unprofessional. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> Such a small thing. That's like, that's yes. one of those things I don't even think of, but you're so right. Yeah, it's it's literally, and more often than not, when you send it as a Word document, it adds an extra page. So it adds an empty page at the bottom because yeah. that's just but, and the formatting um, gets all out of whack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's just you just have this empty page at the end that's just doing nothing. And also, if you have no fashion experience, there's no reason why your CV should even be longer than a page. So sure. try to cut it down as much as possible because I've been told that people spend – I spoke to a recruiter the other day. I think he told me they spend five seconds yeah. like deciding whether a CV is good or not. And that's because they're so trained and like they do it every day that they don't need to spend more than five, six seconds just looking at a CV yeah. to know whether it's going to be worth it. So yeah. cut it down, make it short and punchy and really, really interesting. Um, in terms of pitching to companies. Well, hold on really fast. So you said don't yeah. send as a Word doc. I would suggest a yeah. PDF. Is that what PDF, you would? Okay, absolutely. Perfect. PDF, so I just yeah, wanted yeah. to tell people, we said don't do a Word yeah. doc. We didn't tell them what to do, but a what PDF. Do. Yeah. Sorry, guys. No, that's PDF, okay. Perfect. Always. Okay. So and then- it's always... <laughs> it's easy to convert it. It's not you don't need like an extra program. No, you could just Spile export it. Yeah. 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 Perfect. Yeah. All right. And so then pitching. So pitching. This is another thing where oh, I don't know, it's difficult because I have gotten some emails as well and people are like, I sent this email and as soon as I read it, I'm like, You're lying. They're like, What do you mean I'm lying? I'm like, I I don't feel like you love this company. Mm. Why? Like it sounds fake. So I can't tell you what to say specifically. But don't be desperate, A, be very polite, but also be real and tell them why you actually want to work there. People try to have like the perfect answer, but the perfect answer is the wrong answer. Have the real answer in there. Maybe it's you've always shopped there and you love the company for that reason or you love the diversity of models on their website and that's what just really stands out to you about them as well as what skills you can bring. You don't have to go into so much detail because CVs get you interviews and then your personality and all that stuff will get you the job once you have your interview. So don't don't give off too much um, in the beginning. Try and be like quite straightforward with it, but mm-hmm. polite and just really register your interest. I don't have a set template for this. Okay, that's okay. Um, but being authentic, I think is it's yeah. pretty, it's pretty clear. I know like you just said it and I I've seen emails too that I'm like, I can just tell this is not authentic. You it just yeah. you can just feel it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And that's the one thing that trips up a lot of people. And mm. I had a girl specifically, we kept going back over like her um, cover letter because I was like, it's not, it doesn't sound real. She's like, I don't know what to say. I'm like, listen, write a letter as if you weren't sending it to anyone. Tell me why you love this company. And then we pulled out sentences from that because that was just the realest thing ever. And it was so good and so genuine. So yeah, guys, just... Take a deep breath, relax, and just be yourself. But that's a great idea um, and suggestion right there, I think. Step back and reframe how you're Mm. writing this. Like, don't put yourself in that pressure moment where you're writing this as a cover letter to get a job. Step back. Just do, like, a little brain spill on, like, why I love this brand. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's if you were talking to a friend, even saying, oh, my gosh, I love you know, this brand because of these reasons, blah, blah, blah. And then pick through that and pull out some sentences. So I think that's a really great suggestion for an exercise to go through, um, just to reframe your mindset of this isn't a cover letter. Cause sometimes we can get very rigid and formal when we start feeling like we're writing this really high pressure email. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It happens all the time. Like I'm guilty of it as well. When I look back (laughs) over things I've sent, I'm like, Oh goodness, Dior, calm down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And so, okay. So we have our, our CV and our cover letter and we just start sending it out to jobs that are posted or do you, do you, or do people send out just, you know, maybe they don't have an opening, but I really want to work with this brand. So I'm sending it out. Like I want to get really nitty gritty on this. Yes. So that's another thing I suggest as well. If there's a company you want to work for and they don't have any vacancies, maybe find the assistant 
um's email address or the coordinator's email address probably not like the vp or the manager or anything like that because they may not there's a less chance of them getting back to you so find the assistant or the coordinator um and just say hey i'd really love to intern for you say why make it real and say if anything opens up i'd love for you to consider me these are my skills or this is what i know i can bring um anything at all any opportunities just be open in that sense because if anything does pop up they will probably think of you sure yeah so you don't always have to wait for opportunity i had a friend who um she actually wrote the company was really small it was a startup at the time but now the company's quite big um but when she wrote to them she basically said i love your company i use it every day um but this and this and this is what you're doing wrong if i worked for you i'd add this and they hired her and there was no job wow. at all Yeah, yeah yeah and they actually hired her now she's she's a manager <laughs> so she started off as an assistant and she's now the manager there so she really took i mean that's pretty assertive and very confident approach i know she said <laughs> yeah. hey here's some areas of weakness that i've identified and here's some ideas i have of how you could improve that literally and they, they liked her critical thinking yeah especially if they're a startup they're more open i guess mm. and if they do have the budget to hire someone and it's actually going to help grow the business then yeah why not so don't be afraid to just really put yourself out there and be maybe even a little bit constructive and say hey here's some ideas i have of of ways that you guys could improve x y and z and i'd love to help you know bring those yeah. to fruition absolutely very smart make um, sure you can deliver yeah no of course yeah. <laughs> side note yeah. yeah um okay and so you um you know we've talked a little bit about internships but i've um i mean from from the various people i've talked to and what i i see going on in the industry is um mm. you know some people feel like you can't get the job unless you have some type of experience and so they look at an intern and often an unpaid i don't know how it is in london but in the yeah. us there's a lot of unpaid internships um, yeah. and then sometimes those turn into jobs sometimes they don't but you get the experience so do you suggest people like really push and try to do an internship maybe while they're in school or yeah. immediately after to help get some experience or get the foot in the door or how many people do you see not skipping that and going just direct to a job I don't see many people skipping internships actually okay. and a lot of people that um I've worked with they have all interned and I always suggest interning purely because it's just less of a commitment mm -hmm. and more of an opportunity to explore whilst um you're a student or whilst you don't have massive life you know dependencies like you don't have maybe you don't have a car you don't have a mortgage you don't have kids sure. so no one really depends on you you know as yeah. long as you have a bit of money to get to work and come home it's fine um internships are great for building relationships as well because imagine you spend a summer doing let's say three internships those are three different companies that you now have relationships in so when it's time to actually look for a job you can reach out to three different companies and be like hey just finished uni this is my grade really loved working with you if you have anything i'm i'm available Yeah. You know, so it's a great way to network and it's also exactly what I was saying in the beginning, a great way to understand company culture and co corporate settings mm -hmm. and really get stuck in and learn all of that stuff before you've even graduated or before it really counts um and just have it down pat like have your email etiquette on point. Understand who you are, what you stand for and how to project that within an office setting. Um and all that type of fun stuff. before you even have a job because it will really really work in your favor when when the time comes. Yeah. And so as far as you know building those relationships, maybe it's during an internship or maybe it's even during your first um job, mm -hmm. those relationships internally with companies can be priceless. I mean that networking and those people you know a year, three years, five years down the road Yeah. can be the person to get you your next opportunity. So, do you have any um advice on, you know, once you do get your foot in the door, like how to maximize those relationships so that you can utilize them right then and and continue to use them in the future as well as maybe help them out sometime down the road. Yeah, I had a really interesting conversation actually with a girl the other day, and we were speaking about like when you first get into an office and you're kind of shy and you don't really know what you're doing, mm -hmm. um it's a tough time 
but you have to really use like the first, let's say week, week and a half to uh, just brainstorm about what's not so perfect in the office or what's not quite right. So not major things like guys, you could be making a billion when you're, you know, nothing like that. (laughs) (laughs) It should be things like, um, maybe the manager needs a bit more help on Thursdays when she's writing the reports or maybe, um, I don't know the way they look through the magazines to find a coverage isn't quite efficient or just kind of do like an analysis analysis of the office space and figure out where you can add value. Mm. And I feel like a lot of, um, young creatives or interns or whatever we want to call them, go into office spaces and just do things, you know, things that don't really make a difference. They, they try to be helpful, but I mean, if they don't do it tomorrow, no one cares really go into the office and add value. Look for where there's like huge gaping holes or even small holes that you can fill that will make the team's life a lot easier and have them thinking, wow, when this girl leaves in like five weeks or whatever it is, who's going to be doing this stuff? That was really valuable. We really need someone, you know, like, so really go in and, and fill those holes or make them aware that there's holes and be like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm going to do it. Don't worry about it. I'll be the person to, um, to work on that. That's brilliant. And I think that, um, I mean, really, really, really brilliant. And, um, you know, one thing I'll kind of add to that is I think that a lot of people, especially younger people entering any industry, they wait to be told exactly what to do and they do those tasks. And, um, there's something to be said for, like you said, stepping back, evaluating the whole situation. Mm -hmm. And even if it's something small saying, you know, Hey, I noticed this, Maybe it's even like the filing system or the way they have this yeah. one thing organized that like takes 10 times longer to find something than it should. And you say, you know what? I have an hour this afternoon and I noticed mm-hmm. this system isn't working as efficiently. I have this idea to do it this way. I'm going to reorganize it if that's okay with you. And then just taking yeah. the, the drive to do it. Initiative. Like people yeah. love my last internship is amazing. And I also, another thing I would add purely because Alex was so great, um, just have an opinion. Yeah. Like it's, it's okay to have an opinion because I would ask her things and she'd be like, mm, actually no, because, and then she'd give it to me from her perspective and mm-hmm. what her friends would think. And it's great because people maybe are not in touch with your specific age group or your um, background or whatever it is. So you can add value, you know, your opinion is value. So mm-hmm. yeah, don't be afraid to speak up and just, you know, really tell people what you think. Yeah. And I think that can be scary because you're like, oh, well, what if they don't like my opinion or yeah. what if, but you know what, that's part of the process, especially in a creative space where absolutely it's very subjective and not everybody's going to agree and that's fine. You kind of have to put yourself out there and it's like going through any type of, um, you know, for, for people more on the design or art artistry side of things, like going mm-hmm. through critiques, you know what you, you yeah. you're going to hear yeah. sometimes and people aren't going to like it, but that's okay. It's part of the process and that's how you learn absolutely. and grow. So throw your opinion out there. Really smart. Um, Okay. I love those in-office tips. That's really, really fantastic. Um, We skipped over one important process though, and that was the actual interview. So I want to rewind to that. Um, So we put together our CV, we send out the emails, we maybe initiate opportunities where there's no listing, and then we get the interview. And I was talking with someone um, a few weeks ago who... We were talking about landing new opportunities, and she said, I'm almost more terrified if they say, yes, let's get on a phone call or let's do an interview than if they say no. Like hearing no was almost a relief that she didn't have to go to that next step. And so I think that can oh, wow. be, yeah, really interesting. And so I think that for some people, there's this, okay, I'll just send out all these resumes and I'm doing my due diligence. But then that next step of actually landing that interview can induce like a very big fear and a panic in yeah. some people, um, especially if maybe you've not done it a lot or you don't have a lot of practice. So what is some advice you have towards people in going in there, being calm and confident and comfortable, and then actually performing well when you're in the spot? And I'll be totally transparent. Just I just have to inject this side note. When I was yeah. first... Um, starting in, in my career path years ago, I went into an interview and I literally had like a mental and physical meltdown. And I don't even like, I had, I almost had an out of body experience. I wanted the job so badly. And I went in there and I just shut down. Like I, I don't even remember what answers I gave. I like glazed over, I think panic and fear literally overcame me. And, um, 
you know, what, what can you say to some people out there who maybe have that or, you know, no pressure on like, Hey, I'm going to melt down an interview. How do I not do that? Um, but, but I think that can be a really scary space, especially if you don't have a lot of practice. So maybe there's some tricks to get some practice or, or to perform better or what do you think? Well, for me, like anytime I'm going to do like a big speaking engagement or I'm going to meet someone, I'm quite nervous about it. I practice at home. Mm -hmm. Um, and literally just look in the mirror and just speak to yourself. Like, that's it. Like, it's really that simple. Just mm. get really comfortable with the words you're saying. And you can't prepare for all eventualities. You sure. don't know what they're going to say. You don't. But you can have, like, a. I mean, interviews kind of follow, like, a specific course most of the time. Yeah. Um, and when they do ask you really random questions, it's because they want the answer to be off guard and random and not so rehearsed Mm -hmm. so everything you can prepare for prepare for but realize that again they don't expect you to be perfect and they know that you're going to be nervous and they know that your answers aren't going to be perfect but they just want to see glimmers of light little flickers of hope and (laughs) little indicators you know that that show them that okay this is this potentially could be the right person yeah um and also, like, other things that people think are silly, which aren't really silly, but you get nervous over your outfit and you get nervous over your hair and mm-hmm. you get nervous. So if you can, as much as possible, prepare for all of that. Know what you're going to wear. If you know you're applying for jobs, maybe have three outfits that you love ready for when they call you for an interview so that that doesn't add to your stress as well. Like, okay, this top and these trousers, perfect. This jumpsuit, amazing. This skirt and this... I love it. These outfits make me feel confident. I've got comfy shoes. I know what bag I'm going to hold. I have a notepad ready. Just prepare like all the, all the things that you can prepare for, prepare for. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the questions, there's a ton of interview prep online, but then there is that exactly what you described, that fear, that panic that no one can calm you down about. And that no one can, <laughs> you can't even predict it yourself, I no. guess. Yeah, exactly. You don't know when it's going to happen. So you can't really even prepare for it. But once you feel I don't know, just really well-rounded in all the other areas, then at least your stress is minimized. And the one thing you worry about is the only thing you're worrying about. Mm. So try to cut down, yeah, cut down the stress as much as possible. It's not that bad. And like I've kept saying, they don't expect you to be perfect, especially if it's entry level. They just want to see little signs of hope that, okay, this is not a robot. This is a human. (laughs) (laughs) This human can do this job and they will be good. And that, that's it really. Mm. More often people want you to be good. They actually want you to be good. So they're not coming in with like a negative attitude. Like, Oh, it's another one. A lot of the time, like people that do interview, they are hopeful and they are excited to meet you. So remember that as well. Yeah. And the other thing I'll throw in there is that, you know, they're, we're all just people like Mm. we're all just people and we have conversations. And at the end of the day, they're, they're just another person sitting on the other side of the table. And, um, you kind of have to remind yourself of that. Sometimes I think we can go in and we can get really jaded by the status of the person who we're talking to. Maybe if they're the VP or the manager or whatever they are, um, you know, we're all just people and we're all want to work towards the same goal. And like you said, um, they're excited to meet you too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. They're hopeful. So be hopeful too. (laughs) Um, all right. So I think that kind of gets us back to then you're in the office and, and you're looking for ways to add value and you're looking for ways to take some initiative to do some tasks Mm -hmm. and, uh, probably one of my favorite takeaways of the interview is that tip right there. Um, yeah. So after that, we just keep yeah. going on doing our job. And um, any, you know, any advice have... on kind of moving forward from there? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So I always say to people, like in a business, you need to know what you want, right? You don't start a business today and have no plan for what you're going to be doing in the next three years, right? Yeah. Same way you shouldn't go into a job and not have a plan. And a lot of people have this thing in business called an exit strategy, which is, you know, how when the business makes a certain amount, they're going to sell it. Or when the business does this, they're going to move on and pass it on to, let's say, a bigger company that can look after it. I always suggest that people should have an exit strategy as well. I mean, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be what you exactly follow, but it gives you an idea of what you should be doing next. Okay, I'm taking this assistant role, but I want to be a coordinator, maybe in a different style of fashion so I'm learning this this and that you know have your exit know what you 
uh, let's say, sorry, I'm, it sounds like I'm rambling, but I can't really explain it. But it's basically knowing when you could potentially leave that company, what you want to learn before you leave that company, what roles would you like to explore next? What companies would you potentially like to explore next? If you'd like to stay within that company, what department would you be moving to? Or do you just want to keep moving up within the same department? Okay, what would you have to do to get that? But be thinking of that from day one. Just be open to that. Mm. And then once you get into the job, you can start looking for those signs or looking for those skills or looking for those people that can help you get to the next level. So just be aware of that from day one. I always say, like, have your exit strategy in your head. Yeah, so let me kind of rephrase to make sure I understood correctly. And um, yeah. so if I am an assistant buyer to start, mm-hmm. that's my first job in. Yeah. But yeah. I think maybe I want to go into, oh boy, what would be something parallel to that? Mm, maybe wholesale. You want to go into wholesale or more of the product stuff, so product development. Okay, sure, sure. Okay, so I want to go from buying to product development. So while I'm in that assistant buyer role, I'm keeping an eye on what's going on in the product development department, maybe within the company or just in general in the industry. And then while I'm in that current role, I'm trying to figure out what tasks I can do, what new responsibilities I can take on that I could ultimately relate to pivoting into that next opportunity. Exactly. Exactly. And if I don't have that, that foresight, then I won't that's, know what skills fine. to think about trying to, to uh, gain. Yeah. So if you, if you don't know what you want to do next, which is what a lot of people um, experience, and that's fine. I didn't know what I wanted to do next. Mm-hmm. So it's not a worry. But once you're in that job, think about what your strengths are. What am I really good at? Mm-hmm. What comes to me really naturally? And also, what am I struggling with and perhaps want less of in my life? Um, or what do I struggle with, but I'd actually love to learn more about and would love to master. So just pay attention to what you're good at, what your strengths and weaknesses are, what you're curious about, what Mm -hmm. excites you. Um, life literally leads you onto the next step. It always does. So don't worry too much. Don't stress, but stay open and keep your eyes open, your ears open. And more importantly as well, your heart open as well. Just what inspires me that what makes me feel really good about this job. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that's great. Um, I just thought of one other thing that I, I wanted to kind of throw out there to you because I feel like um, I hear this a lot from people in my audience. Do you have any yeah. advice for when it feels like stuff just goes into a black hole? And that can be on two levels. It can be you're sending out your resume and your cover letters and it just you're like sending it out and you're just not hearing back. Or maybe yeah. you're getting through a lot of interviews, but nothing ever comes to fruition. You're like, I just, I, it's like I put myself out there and then it just disappears. Mm-hmm. I never hear back. And, and sometimes they, they're, they follow up. Um, you know, the, the candidate follows up, but it just, it can feel like stuff is just being thrown into a black hole. Yeah. That, oh God, it's hard. Yeah. And if anyone is going through that, you're not alone. Like so many people experience it Mm -hmm. and I know it feels horrible, but it won't last forever. That's what you first have to understand. It won't last forever. Um, in terms of sending out your CV and if people are not getting back to you, it's sometimes you feel a lot like you're the problem and the industry is rejecting you, but you're not the problem. Maybe the way you have put your information across isn't quite right. So go back over your CV and think about maybe rephrasing it or thinking about ways that you can um, kind of word it a bit better or show it to someone or even reach out to someone on LinkedIn who's in that specific job role or who has a hiring um, role within a company and just be like, I don't specifically want a job from you, but if you have 10 minutes any evening could I at least show you my CV and let me know what you think? That is the least they could possibly do for you. And they may say no, but they may say yes. And if you ask a few people, they'll say yes. Um, so you're not the issue. Maybe just how you're putting yourself across, maybe what's not kind of really resonating with people. Um, and what was the second one? If you're going to a lot of interviews and you're not getting the job. Yeah. A lot of people do not ask on the spot what the person thinks and I've been speaking to a lot of recruiters um 
And they say there's no issue with literally after an interview when they ask, do you have any questions? You are allowed to turn around and say, okay, what do you feel like my challenges would be in this job role? And that's a really smart question because low key, they're going to tell you why you're maybe not a good fit Mm. without saying why you're not a good fit. So they may say, "Mm, we feel like you might not get on with the team so well because X, Y, and Z, or maybe we feel like your skill set and right there and there, they're telling you what your weaknesses are. So ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions in interviews. Um, it's actually worse not to ask any questions than to ask. <laughs> so yeah, have your questions prepared. Yeah. Um, and follow up. If you don't get a job role, follow up and ask for some feedback. Even if, even if it's minimal, just say, do you know what? I'd really appreciate if you just really tell me where I went wrong so that for next time I know how to improve people also sometimes. We'll just give you a line or two and just be like, oh, it was this, this and that. I mean, obviously textbook cases where they come back and just say, oh, another candidate had more experience. Sure. I mean, there's nothing to learn from that. But if you ask in the interview, they're probably going to give you some insight. I love that. And I love the way you phrased it. Um, What challenges do you foresee me having in this role? It's such a real, it's a really gentle way to, you're not like putting them in the spot. You're not making them uncomfortable, but you'll get them to give some constructive feedback. And then you can take that and say, okay, well maybe how can I, you know, if you're not a good company culture fit, that's hard. You can't, you're not really going to be able to change yourself for that. And that's okay. And you don't want to change yourself. Yeah, Right. But if it's specific to a skill set, maybe you can work on, you know, doing some self-directed learning with that specific yeah. skill set because chances are that's going to come up in the next interview and the next interview if you're interviewing Absolutely. for similar jobs. Yeah. Um, I love that's great asking for the feedback on the spot in such a way that you're not putting them on the spot. Yeah, exactly. Be gentle with it. Yeah, not coming <laughs> off too too aggressive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, this was so fantastic, Dior. So many great um, tips, and I'd oh, love I'm to glad. hear exactly about what um, what you're doing with the Junior Network and everything within your community, so people listening um, can know what they can go to you for support with. So, with the Pepe Talk platform, that's essentially a website with articles that give you insights into the working world of fashion. So, we kind of we we try to create articles for our three audiences, which are students, recent graduates, and entry level employees. So, anything that pops up along your journey um, within that point, and then with the Junior Network specifically, it's a members club for entry level employees. We have, we have eight events a year, so four panel discussions, four networking experiences. Everyone in the club works in fashion. So we have members from Vogue, Netaporte, um, Browns, Carla Otto, Vivian Westwood, a lot of amazing brands. And they're all, like we said earlier, um, have under four years experience. They're really like early in their journey, but super keen to rise to the top and at our panel discussions, we have amazing talent who are at the top of the industry. So you're connected to the top as well as connected to a peer group because everyone's at the same level as you. And the aim is just for me to work with them um, throughout the year. So the club starts now and it ends next July. And the aim is just for us to work together and kind of create a plan for how they're going to reach these goals. Or if they don't have specific goals, find ways to really capitalize on what their interests are or planning what their next step should be. So it's kind of just working with people on a one-to-one basis to figure out how we can help them um, progress to the top, (laughs) to be the next CEOs. Sure. And so is it too late for people to join? I know you said it kind of started in July and it runs through next July. It's not too late to join. Um, Membership closes on Friday. No, on Saturday, actually, Saturday morning. And we start our first networking event for the club members on the 9th of September, which is going to be a beauty branch with Smashbox Cosmetics in their studio. It's going to be super fun. Um, And we have about 28, 29 people signed up so far. And I can take a maximum of 50. 50 is like the big number that I put out there which was the very hopeful <laughs> numbers. <that> I'm <laughs> so happy to have about 29 um, people signed up, which is fantastic. Yeah. And depending on how we can manage the 29, I may open up um, a second round of applications, uh, maybe in like October, November time. So if you miss this batch, you may not get another opportunity this year, but you may get another opportunity this year. So yeah. Okay. Well, we will miss this first batch because the interview will not air before that date, but, um, 
why don't you tell everybody where they can go if they want to sign up, um, if there is an opening in October or November yeah. or even perhaps next year. So where can everybody find you and more information about what you're doing? Yeah, so you can find us on www.pepperyourtalk.co.uk. Um, that's our website. And the Junior Network is housed within that site. So we have a tab on um, the Pepper Your Talk website that talks about the Junior Network. So you can find us there. Alternatively, I am on our Instagram every single day. <laughs> so <laughs> that's at Pepper Your Talk. We have a Twitter as well and a Facebook which is severely underused at the moment, the Facebook, but um, you can find me on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, which is actually where I found you. So definitely right. check Dior out and pepper your talk on Instagram because you are posting regularly and yeah. um, keeping everybody up to date on all the awesome articles and information oh, yeah. you put on the site. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah. So I have one last question that I'll ask you. I ask everybody at the end of the interview this question, and yeah. it is, what is one thing about working in fashion that no one ever asks you, but you wish they would ask? A hundred percent. It would just be about like the corporate culture and how it is to actually work in an office building because people often ask about the parties and and I feel like no one is naive to the fact that it's hard work I feel like everyone knows that now but they don't ask what are the inner workings of the office building in terms of what are the processes and you know like what are the tutorials like where you 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 have to kind of pitch your goals to your manager or how do I write awesome emails or how do I, you know, present myself really confidently? I wish people asked more about those types of things because those are the things that get you promotions and pay rises and get you noticed by the right people in the office building. So ask more questions about corporate stuff, guys. That's great. I love that. No <laughs> one's ever given that answer yet. I love that. Oh, good. I've gotten some fairly similar answers, uh, but that, that one is very unique on its own. So thank you for sharing that awesome insight. Right. Yeah. Thank you so much, Dior. This was really fantastic. Such a great I pleasure it. chatting. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you for everything you're doing to support. Um, like I said earlier in a conversation we had, to support a portion of the industry that, that I see as being a little bit underserved. So it's really yeah. great that you chose this specific niche and are giving them all these resources and guidance. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you for picking me as well to do this. I loved it. So fun. Of course. (laughs) Thanks for listening to episode 18 of the Successful Fashion Designer Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about any of the resources mentioned in this episode, visit the show notes at sfdnetwork.com slash 18. And since you made it this far, you must have liked the episode. I'll remind you that more ratings and reviews gives the show leverage to convince higher value guests for interviews, which brings you even more valuable content. If you can take 60 seconds to leave a review on iTunes, your tiny bit of help goes towards making the show better for you and everyone. It's super easy to do, and I'd really appreciate it. Visit sfdnetwork.com slash review to leave your rating, and thanks again for your support and help.